This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Let's get the latest from the Asian markets, and they're down today, particularly in Hong Kong. And I guess that's largely due to concerns about COVID restrictions and the protests in China. Yeah, I think that's certainly having a dampening effect. Uh, we have to remember that COVID restrictions in China has been something that we've talked about a lot over the last couple of months, but in a more positive sense, because there's been growing speculation that we could see a relaxation of COVID curbs, something that could spur the economy on in 2023, having held it back so considerably over the course of the last couple of years. But now we seem to have hit this crossroads where we're having the discussions about what type of relaxations can possibly take place. The relaxation we saw take place very recently was very minor and isn't really going to be particularly beneficial. There was that 20-point plan which was announced in order to try and support the economy at times of COVID surges. But that's also happening now at a time when we're seeing record COVID cases and restrictions being imposed as part of its zero-COVID policy. So that's now leading to protests. I'm not sure if this is leading to protests purely because... People are sick, effectively, of the restrictions that are being imposed on them for such a long time now, or if it's partly because they can sense there is an appetite within the regime to change and to soften its uh, COVID zero approach. It's really hard to say, obviously, always in these kinds of situations. But that unrest means that it creates enormous uncertainty in terms of how is China going to deal with this record surge in cases now? Are they going to take a softer approach or are they going to clamp down very much in line with what the current COVID zero restrictions are? How are they going to deal with the protests and the, just a general growing unrest across multiple cities across China? Are they going to take a very severe and strict approach or are they going to listen? It's really hard to say at this point and that enormous uncertainty at a time of deep unrest uh, and deepening unrest, I should say, as well. That is obviously knocking sentiment towards China, but also, therefore, um, in Asia as a whole. So while the bulk of the losses that we're seeing today, for example, are in Hong Kong, uh, we are seeing other regional forces down quite a fair bit as well. The outsider there being uh, the Indian stock market, which is marginally higher. But those most linked, I guess, and those most exposed to the Chinese economy seem to be taking a hit at the start of the week. It'll be interesting to see how European markets react to this news. And I suppose the worse things get, the more severe the restrictions may be, That will spook markets a bit and the uh, recession that's on its way here in the UK and beyond could be a little bit worse. Yeah, of course. And I mean, you've got to remember that there's certain European economies that have deep ties with China. They do a lot of trade. So Europe at the moment is poised to open around half a percentage point lower. Uh, I think you look at something like the DAX, where Germany is particularly exposed, particularly close links uh, with China, and therefore anything that dents the the prospects of the Chinese economy and Chinese trade is going to have dampening effects, therefore, their bigger trade partners, including Germany itself. So that will be an interesting one to see how that continues to play out. The other thing we should highlight here is that it's unlikely that it's just simply that that's weighing on sentiment in Asia and potentially flowing through into Europe as well. We are at a, an interesting point with these equity markets where we've seen a lot of positive momentum building over a number of weeks now because of those uh, 
those that speculation around the relaxation of Chinese COVID curbs, but also because we've seen a softening of rhetoric from the Federal Reserve, the prospect of slower tightening from this month onwards. We've seen those really good inflation numbers compared to where they were uh, just prior to that, we should say. They're not really good as a, uh, overall. Um, so we're see- seeing some more positive um, things that have been driving these markets. And maybe we're just seeing that recovery rally stalling a little bit. Obviously, we've just come on the back of a week in which we've seen a lot of choppiness in the market. Um, the US Thanksgiving holiday, typically a heavily dense um the kind of uh, the liquidity in the markets and also trading activity in the markets. So you can sometimes see these kind of choppiness, uh, more, more spouts of volatility. And so the US will rejoin today uh, for the full week and maybe we'll start to see a bit of, uh, get a bit of a better idea once that happens about the direction of travel for the markets. But up until that point, that could also be contributing, I guess, uh, to the kind of choppiness and, um, and maybe more difficult to read markets that we're currently seeing. And let's look at the oil price now. Quite a significant moment, really, because it's down around about 3%. Brent crude just above $81 a barrel. It hasn't been at that level since the middle of January of this year. That's quite a tumble, really, when you consider how high it had gone, mainly because of the Ukraine situation. And when you bear in mind that at the last OPEC plus meeting that they cut oil production by 2 million barrels a day and really shocked and jolted the markets and caused a massive backlash because what they were effectively seen to be doing is supporting the price at the expense of the global economy. And yet now you're looking at oil prices and saying, well, are we going to see another cut from OPEC plus? They will meet later on this week going into the weekend when we'll get the, the next announcement. And I think this week there's going to be growing speculation that we could potentially see a response on that side. Of course, that may at least partly depend on what happens with the oil price cap discussions with the EU, um, which are continuing to uh, take place. We saw crude prices slip late last week on the back of reports that the kind of price cap that Europe or the G7 in particular was looking at was around 65 to $70 because they've got to appease both those who want harsh restrictions uh, being imposed in order to try and um, reduce revenues for Russia with the industries which rely on uh, the transportation of oil within that trading block and which therefore need to protect their own interests to at least some extent. It's not going to protect their interests entirely regardless of what the price cap is going to be. And by talking about $65, $70, what we've effectively done is picked a price cap at which Russia is already basically selling its oil at a massive profit. So that had a dampening impact on the price as well because it reduced the prospect of the loss of Russian oil supply and obviously that means that that is a negative for price so depending on how these discussions go where that price cap is decided upon what that means for long-term Russian oil supply and who participates within it as well um, that's all going to that all could all play a major role in how OPEC plus responds later on this week going into the uh, weekend uh, for example we've seen a story this morning about how um, Vladimir Putin has signed a decree effectively saying that they will forbid uh, sales um, to countries and to companies who participate in the oil price cap. Now, it's still not clear exactly how that would be imposed uh, and how that could be got around, for example. But it seems that Russia wants to be seen to be taking the strongest possible position against anyone and trying to deter countries in particular that rely on Russian crude oil that aren't uh, part of the European Union, for example, from actually participating within that cap. Um, again, let's see how that uh, how that goes over the course of this week. But it feels like we're now 
reaching a point where massive decisions are going to be made which are going to have implications for the oil market. That's for later on in the week, Craig. What else should we look out for over the next few days? So I think there's a massive focus again on the US this week. I mean, there's a massive focus on economic data as a whole, which there's a huge flurry of economic data from all around the world uh, over the course of this week. But I think mainly eyes are going to be on the US. We've got US core PC price inflation this week. That's the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. We've got the US jobs report uh, later in the week, uh, which is the second jobs report since the last Fed meeting and the last before the next one. So looking for any signs of a slack appearing within the latest labor market there we've got the second estimate of us gdp this week as well so some real big hitting uh, us economic data uh, to come over the course of this week on top of the more regional surveys around the world as well so we've got the pmi data from all around the world so the us from europe from uh, china japan etc so we've got um those surveys i think are going to be really notable trying to get an inclination as to effectively what is coming next um for businesses or what the expectation is which obviously is a massive driver in terms of where the, the which way the economy is steering and then um and then finally it's going to be all about central bank policy makers what are they saying uh, which way are they steering uh investor expectations in terms of uh, rate hikes uh, in the coming months. At the moment, you're still seeing the US pricing of 50 basis points of hikes. You're seeing around 75 largely priced in for the EU. Are we going to see see them try and steer away from that or is that they're going to guide us continued towards that? The UK, of course, um, as well. And I think there's still going to be a big focus on Japan because we are seeing higher inflation numbers. Again, that's widely seen, especially from within Japan and within those circles, as being effectively imported inflation, which means they're not going to be deterred at this point in time. But are we going to see a slight change in the language on that point? Again, it's going to be um, it's going to be really interesting to see. There's 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 a lot going on this week, uh, and the fact that we've got the return of the US as well at the same time means I think it's going to be going to be lots of activity, plenty of volatility, uh, especially going into that Friday jobs report. Well, Craig, thanks very much for joining us this morning. I believe it's your birthday. Yeah, it is. Um, And what better way to spend it than speaking to you on the Market Insights podcast, though. Especially at this time of the morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks a lot. This is the Oanda Podcast.